With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Warning, the following podcast contains sincere, heartfelt reflections on community and friendship. But don't worry, we also still say fuck. This week's episode, The Scathing Atheist, is brought to you by bloomthat.com, upside.com, and by our Mitch McConnell Physical Description Contest. Today's winner is at Baron Atomy, who had a brief dialogue that went like this. Evil Scientist 1, nobody could make a half clam, half croissant. Evil Scientist 2, hold my beaker. I played Baron Atomy. I'm kind of hungry. Next week, we're going to switch over to describing Alex Jones in five words or less. So send us your favorites using the hashtag scathingalexjones, and you could be the next winner. And now, Scathing Atheist. My name is Craig, and I'm just some guy from Statesboro, Georgia. I'm a former Mormon. Mormons love genealogy, and my dad claims that he has traced my family's history all the way back to Adam and Eve. So, obviously, I am the crowning jewel of all of God's glorious creations, while all of you smelly motherfuckers evolved from filthy monkey men. It's April 27th. And we haven't slept in four days, so this one's going to get weird. Oh, yeah. I'm No Illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. New York, New York. Secret Lair, Pennsylvania. This is Scathing Atheist. On this week's episode, the March for Math and Social Studies go vastly underreported. Ray Comfort, Freudian slips on a banana peel. And we run out of excuses to keep the Book of Mormon on hiatus. First... The diatribe. I feel like I need to apologize in advance because the tone of this week's diatribe is going to be a bit different than what you're used to. No new assholes will be ripped here today. And to explain why, I want to kind of put you in my shoes for a minute. So in this example, you're you and you do whatever job it is that you do, right? Whether that's driving a truck or inspecting electrical wiring or whatever. And one day somebody you've never met comes up to you and says, hey, I just wanted to thank you for doing such a good job driving that truck. And I want you to know that it really helped me when I was going through chemotherapy. And while you're still trying to put the pieces together on that one, another person comes up to you, introduces themselves, and tells you that you helped them get through the death of their wife. And before the night's over, another half dozen people have come up to you and told you how pivotal you doing your job was in the lowest point of their life. 
And of course, the whole time you're wondering how the hell your job could help anybody through anything like that. I mean, you're good at your job. Sure, you drive the hell out of that truck or inspect the fuck out of that wiring or whatever. But what does that have to do with coping with the loss of of a loved one or, or life threatening medical conditions? So now I ask you, if that happened to you the way that it happened to Eli, Heath, Lucinda and me this weekend at ReasonCon, how the fuck do you go back to your job on Monday and treat it the same as you did the week before? How could you go back into the office knowing what you know now without being terrified you were going to fuck it up? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not getting any delusions or grandeur here. I know that for the vast majority of you, we're just incrementally better commute fodder than flappy and patches in the morning. But statistically speaking, at least a couple of you are going through chemo right now. And this podcast has taken your mind off of it. Or, or it was until I just brought up the fact that you're going through chemo. Fuck. So you see what I mean? Five years I've been doing this shit without reminding Chemo Dave that he might not pull through. And now that I know he's there, I'm fucking it up. Sorry, Dave. Sorry about that. I'm sure you'll be fine. So, yeah, I've spent the last couple of days sort of like working my way through all that. And I've got to admit, at first, I got a little puffed up by it. You know, I'm trying to keep myself grounded. But when I hear like that, I helped the person through chemo. Some part of my ego is flexing in front of a mirror going, whose voice cures cancer? Yours does, you sexy bastard. And then on the other end of the emotional scale, I got my neurosis going. If the dick jokes aren't good enough this week, Chemo Dave is going to give up and shoot himself. So been a bit of a stressful weekend for me. But the realization that keeps an imbalance is that if anything, I'm just closing the circle. Because if you really want to know what it's like when somebody says that you help them through the lowest point in their entire life, I can show you because you help me through the lowest point in my life. You know, when my wife and I both simultaneously lost our jobs and our home and we had nowhere to go and no car and no ready job prospects, you hired us to write dick jokes for you. When I was terrified by the prospects of tomorrow, you were the only thing that I could cling to and you were what saw me through. What's more, I know that at some point in the future, I'm going to go through something a lot worse and I'm going to be counting on you to help me through that too. And look, if I can repay a few of you here and there by being an anchor of normalcy when your world's falling apart, if, if I can be a voice of reason when the buzzards of evangelism are circling around you, if I can be a laugh that camouflages your pain for a minute, that pales in comparison to what you've done for me. I owe you a hell of a lot more than dick jokes. So with apologies again for the sentimentality of this monologue, I want to wrap up here on a bit of a call to action. I know most of the people listening to this have never been to an atheist convention most of you have probably never been to any kind of atheist meetup of any kind. And I really want you to do yourself the favor of changing that before the year is over. You know, I just spent another weekend hanging out with some of the best people I know, all of whom I'd never met if it weren't for things like ReasonCon. Look, atheism is, is about God not existing and the stubborn societal insistence to the contrary. And that's pretty much all it's about. But the atheist movement is about people and it's about relationships. And that's the only real strength the movement has. You know, nothing combats internal division better than showing up in person and turning Godfrey underscore 88 into Steve. The friendships and camaraderie of these conventions are the mortar. And in case you're not keeping up with the news out of the Supreme Court, I should remind you that there's a pretty important wall that could use some extra bricks. So do yourself that favor. Go somewhere where you can express yourself freely and say all the shit you usually have to censor. Go make some heathen friends and get shit faced together with people who don't think that there's an omnipotent deity watching over them, judging them for how much alcohol they've consumed. Go accidentally help someone through chemotherapy or the death of a loved one and go meet someone who would help you through the same. And to those of you who would accuse me of cynicism, 
And I'm really just saying all this because I want you to come to our live recording of God Awful Movies on Saturday, June 10th at the Beautiful People's Improv Theater in New York, New York. And I figured tugging on your heartstrings would be a good marketing ploy. Well, I'm not going to say you're wrong, but I already apologized for this diatribe twice. They're talking about your Jesus. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you a special news bulletin. Joining me for headlines tonight are a couple worn out motherfuckers, Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick. Ooh. Fellas, are you recovered from the road trip? Well, I mean, the drive was fine. I have not recovered, however, from Eli denying my kiss on stage. Super awkward. And right? Cold. Yeah. The problem with Reason Con is not enough dudes put their mouths on me without asking. <laughs> <laughs> the shorts are so comfy. Oh, so Dude, comfy. I swear to God. You need to <laughs> stop you sending know? me sexy pictures of those shorts. That if is- shorts are long enough, you can jerk off into them and I- then just use the bottom as like the tissue. I'm going to take Eli all your clothes. Stole- Heath Shorts. Otherwise, none of the jokes in this week's episode will make sense. I'm just telling you that up front. This, by the way, was 12 hours in a car both ways. Because of that, I need a quick nap. So we're going to take another quick break and tell you about this week's first sponsor, Bloom That. Shouldn't have left him in my hand. I'm going to show you all your clothes like fucking Joey and Chandler. Hey, folks, quick interruption for a very important announcement. We know we usually do our ads as sketches or songs, but Once again, we need to break that pattern for a very important message. Don't forget Mother's Day. Don't forget Mother's Day. Don't forget Mother's Day. I know what you're thinking. Guys, Mother's Day is so far away. I'll get to it when I get to it. No, you won't. No, you you won't. No, you won't. You'll forget. And the night before... You'll call around the local florists and they'll all want $900 for three leaves and a card that spells her name wrong. So we're asking you. No, we're telling you. Do it now. Do it now. Do it now. And use bloomthat.com. Why? Because she carried you around for almost two full football seasons and she deserves nice flowers. Actual nice flowers. Also, be the mother of your children. Nobody likes child crayon drawings. Nobody. Your kids suck at art. Buy the flowers and pretend they're from the kids. Aw, that's adorable. Okay, you're saying I'm convinced. I won't be a total garbage human and I'll buy my mom some flowers now, today, instead of waiting. But why bloom that? Because bloom that is awesome. Last time we did an ad for Bloom That, we literally got thank you emails from the listeners that used it. Seriously. Because they got fresh cut designer bouquets arranged by a designer. Ooh, fancy. Just like your mom designed you using her womb. Not how that nope. works. Whatever. No. It's they But it. here's the best part. Our listeners get a special deal. Just for our listeners and for this week only, you get the best price on a gorgeous bouquet just picked hand design Instagram ready, plus a premium designer vase that costs everyone else about $15, plus handmade caramel treats, normally $10, but also free for our listeners. Moms love treats. That's a huge savings, about $25, and it's the best deal they're offering. But you can only get this great deal if you first go to our page, bloomthat.com slash atheist. So go to bloomthat.com slash atheist. That's B-L-O-O-M-T-H-A-T slash A-T-H-E-I-S-T 
and find the perfect handcrafted designer flowers. You'll automatically get the free premium designer vase and caramel treats, a $25 value. And again, it's bloomthat.com slash atheist for a premium design bouquet, free vase and treats. But do not wait. This amazing offer will not last, and it's only available to our listeners if you go to bloomthat.com slash atheist. Don't forget Mother's Day. Seriously. Seriously. And now, back to the headlines. In our lead story tonight, ReasonCon was amazing. Yes, it was. Got to meet some wonderful people. Got to first base with several fantastic dogs. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I consumed Scotland's GDP in scotch, mm-hmm. along with Andrew Torres. And of course, I enjoyed taking a road trip with my best friends, like Noah, Lucinda, Andrew, Anna, and Morgan. So hurtful. Great. All around <laughs> great <laughs> time. But Hickory, North Carolina, wasn't the only place with a reason conspiracy event. At the same time, the nation's capital was hosting the March for Science. Okay, right, let's reflect on this for a second. A pro-reason conference conflicted with a pro-science march on a pro-Earth day. And as much as that seems like rooting for entropy or <laughs> lobbying for ruthenium to have an atomic weight of 101.07, all those things were necessary. <laughs> the amount of things I know about that sentence is staggeringly small. I didn't even put in the plus minus point zero two. You <laughs> breaks it. Now he gets it. Yeah, it uh, really seems like this sort of thing shouldn't be necessary. It feels like everyone could just walk around, you know, like normal in their hometowns, and we could just continue agreeing that doing science has been pretty strong public policy since the dawn of humanity. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, it also felt like we agreed to not elect an '80s movie villain as president. <laughs> that one fell through. So. Now we're likely to have an anti-vaxxer in charge of vaccine safety. We have a creationist in charge of public schools. And we have a denier of carbon-based global warming in charge of the goddamn EPA. Now the nerd kraken has been released. Watch the fuck out. That is 472 hit points of raw chaotic evil coming after you <laughs> with a plus 10 modifier and strength and immunities to lightning, bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magical attacks, motherfuckers. You got nobody to blame but yourself. And this is the nerd version, so he gets extra intelligence, too. Yeah, but in 5.0, MM is equal to Viagra in strength. So assuming you're not attributing to a specialty. Oh, oh, it's fine for Noah to talk about sciencey stuff. We never talk about things I like. Well, that's probably for the best, Eli. Yeah, I want to fuck a child. Okay. No, see, that's why. That's, that's why we that's don't great. talk about All Yeah, right. And we're back from the edit. Anyway, <laughs> the idea that we need to sell science again is fucking terrifying. However, there was a fun side story. The Discovery Institute got rejected from being a partner with the March. <laughs> if you're not familiar, they're a group of pseudoscientists who probably wear lab coats around for no reason. <laughs> just, and just. they want to force intelligent design theory into science class. Well, I'm going to Dwayne Reed. I need to I yeah. need my coat. <laughs> Guaranteed. Exactly. Just like pharmacists. And our <laughs> listeners might remember them from the movie Expelled, where they presented the argument of not touching the Bible can't get mad to Richard Dawkins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so basically, a bunch of white guys in blackface wanted to march with MLK, and he was like, uh, I have a dream. Go fuck yourself. Yes. No. 
And in Poison Ivy news tonight, atheists can apparently now add poverty to the list of societal ills we're the cause of. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, we eat the already born babies. That lowers the going rate for aborted fetuses. Suddenly, immigrants are the only ones willing to sell aborted fetuses at market value. White women are out of a job. Uh, racist. I was concerned about the Mexican women and their profit margin. Ugh. No, it was we had Mexican last night. Can we have a tie, baby? <laughs> <laughs> No, but the truth <laughs> is actually even simpler than that. And, and it all comes to us from San Antonio Mayor Ivy Taylor, who explains that we're just broken. Okay, lucky guess. 11 more reasons, but still, that's not <laughs> representative. So, this revelation came last month during a mayoral forum that was part of some, it's like a low energy debate for upcoming candidates for the position. Anyway, among the questions posed to said candidates was their opinion on the deepest systematic cause of generational poverty. To which a black woman in the American South answered, uh, can you repeat the question? Yeah. She had to stop <laughs> oh, to get right. an answer to this. Oh, gee, that's a great question. Question like that, one we should all really ask ourselves. I'm a round of applause for that asker, huh? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And have a happy birthday. Your birthday was pretty recent. My right? stalling. May? You're stalling. <laughs> if I was stalling, what would that look like? Now, I'll admit th this is kind of a tough question. I, I don't know the right answer to this question, but I can tell you what the right answer isn't. And I'm going to do that in the form of quoting the mayor. Taylor answered thusly, quote, to me, it's broken people, people not being in a relationship with their creator and therefore not being in a good relationship with their families and their communities and not being productive members of society, end quote. Ugh. And her answer actually started with, uh, yeah, I see you're from the Christian Coalition reporter. So my flowchart says, turn to the fuck atheism answer. Yes, right. <laughs> Not sure if that makes it better or worse. <laughs> At least she knew where she was on the flowchart. In her public apology, I want her to be like, my finger was on the page. My finger was on the page. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I want to emphasize here that we're not talking about some crackpot, you know, got enough signatures trading Oreos for him at the bus station. The rent is too damn high type of candidate here. We're talking about the current mayor, the current African-American mayor. And she thinks the reason we have a generational poverty problem is all the damn atheists are too busy worshiping <laughs> Carl Sagan and sacrificing finches to go out and get a job. OK, well, to be fair, statistically Everything is the opposite of what she said. So maybe it's like a double bluff, like a secret wink to her atheist constituency. And San Antonio. Yeah, yeah, probably quite large. Um, well, if everything that she said is the opposite of true, I have some finches to go resuscitate. So we're going to take a quick break and hand things over to my lovely wife, Lucinda. A man wrote the Bible. A whore is what she was. If it's a legitimate race. It makes you a slut, right? It, cooking can be fun. Hey, I'm proud of a man. This week in Massage. I fucking love Raisin Con. And while Noah already said it better than I could in the diatribe this week, I want to take a moment to say how wonderful it was to meet all of you. And I'd especially like to thank everyone who came up and told me how much our show and this segment means to them. I'm afraid I'll never quite be able to express how much the feeling is mutual, how transformative the ability to give voice to women in the secular community is, and that I, too, want you to come to the New York show on June 10th at the beautiful People's Improv Theater. Tickets are still available. 
And while we're rolling with good news, I've got a quick update to last week's genital mutilation story. Police have arrested another doctor and his wife for their role in the underground FGM clinic we talked about last week. And since I'm bringing it up anyway, I want to address a piece of feedback I got from multiple listeners along the lines of, you admit the FGM is a cultural, not religious problem, but then you talk about how FGM is all Muslimly. Okay, not exactly a quote and not exactly what I admitted, but that's the gist of the complaint. Look, pretending FGM follows Muslims wherever they go is as useful as pretending the vultures of horror follow Nigerians wherever they go. But I don't think it's unfair or incautious to point out that genital mutilation is a problem the Muslim community has. We're not out to provide legitimate ammo for illegitimate bigotry. But until all these listeners also start reaching out to point out that Kevin Swanson doesn't represent Christianity because their grandma closed one eye when she reads the Bible, I think we do ourselves a disservice as feminists and or good faith guardians of equal rights. And as well-intentioned as the message about culture versus religion are, if we aren't willing to talk about the religious motivation for this behavior, we're not talking about the problem. And to win the naysayers back, I've got one last piece of good news for you this week that we can all get excited about. As you probably know, professional misogynistic asshole and melting Bill O'Reilly statue, Bill O'Reilly was officially fired under a maelstrom of mounting sexual harassment allegations this week. O'Reilly was given the boot after all the advertisers except uh, catheters, local car salesmen, and gospel Elvis albums withdrew their support. Billy says he plans to continue his career with a podcast, which is just fine by me because now we can have one of those actual podcast feuds. And that seems way more fun than Eli telling the audience to kill Thomas's family at ReasonCon. Eli. And with the knowledge that Andrew is screaming, why did you have to remind them at his phone somewhere? I'll hand things back over to Noah, Heath, and Eli. Thank you, Lucinda. And then, if you didn't want atheists in it, you shouldn't have made it sound so much like fuckholes news tonight. Thank you. Not what I'm talking about. Reason con, 28. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> the Defense Department decided last week that it's okay to die for your country even if you're not going to go to heaven. In a move that many are describing as enigmatically overdue, the Defense Department announced on Friday that they'll be doubling their list of recognized religions in the armed forces, and among the new additions are humanist, deist, and no religion. So they now officially recognize blank. <laughs> what does that even mean? Like, they're going to send the Joint Chiefs to ReasonCon next year? <laughs> we'll get into some weird shit with the Joint Chiefs. Yeah, no kidding. I got a staff infection. <laughs> staff a infection is Heath's cutesy nickname for AIDS. <laughs> He's it got is, a lot of his cutesy nicknames for AIDS. Now, apparently this is something the DOD did back in uh, in March, but they just got around to announcing it officially now because... Maybe they were hoping Trump wouldn't notice since he's threatening to take his ball and go home at this point. Now, the new policy will guarantee that humanists and members of other minority faiths will have the same rights, privileges, and protections as everybody else because apparently the Constitution didn't already do that. Who knew? Okay, but they aren't supposed to be asking and telling about religion anyway. I thought right? we solved this by handing out uh, taboo buzzers to all the officers. That's like, worked so well. Ago. Taboo buzzers is Heath's cutesy nickname for the torture at Guantanamo Bay. He also has a <laughs> lot of cutesy nicknames. He's got a lot of cutesy nicknames for most disgusting shit. Now, HIVW <laughs> fuck. Sorry, I thought of that one earlier and it was just stuck in my brain. Nailed it. So the new move expands the list of recognized <laughs> religions from just over 100 to 221. In addition to adding a couple of new ways to say, I admit that there's no God, they've also tripled the number of Jews they recognized from Jew to Reform Jew, Orthodox Jew, or Conservative Jew. And they've added 
clit ring based religions like Asatru and heathen as well. So the end result is that we've gotten a step closer to equality and it's now easier for people with stupid hippie religions to die. Kind of an all around win, if you ask me. I don't know, man. Send over enough Unitarian Universalists and the enemy will be killing themselves. Just, oh, fine. I guess words have no meaning then. (laughs) You're getting a tape. (laughs) And in, you get a show. You get a show. Everybody gets a show news tonight. (laughs) TV personality and vile scut. Oprah Winfrey reminded us all that she did not accidentally eat herself yet this week by adding another asshole to TV that she didn't need to. Wait, she finally showed it? They have been getting my letters. (laughs) Very exciting. No, sadly, Oprah introduced something even more horrifying than her butthole, which we as a company would like to predict looks like the top of a pumpkin. See? See, Heath, now she can sue us and prove otherwise in court. Exhibit A, so to speak. I will rim the shit out of Oprah on camera while Stedman watches. (laughs) Sorry, I was just finishing an email. What was that, Noah? This is a weird episode. This is a weird episode. This is what happens when you take us out of our states. No, rather than her Hollywood starfish, Oprah introduced us to a new show on her network called The Book of John Gray. For those unfamiliar, John Gray is a popular mega preacher and homophobic bigot who uses his journey of being sexually abused and having diabetes to make a cryier, Jesusier version of Big Brother season 48. All right, what about a game show with people carving jack-o'-lanterns of Oprah's ass? <laughs> Where do you, you know what? Just forget the show. Everyone just please send us those. Wait, shouldn't it be the bottom of the pumpkin? Or are we predicting there'd be a stem in the middle? Uh, either way. And use a second pumpkin to show her face. I want to see her face, too. <laughs> Heath is going to fuck those pumpkins. <laughs> now, obviously, Winfrey has received some pushback about giving a man who tweeted, quote, homosexuality is no different from fornication, adultery, lying, or any other sin God was clear about. It's all the same for the number, those who believe, end quote, his own television show, but has <laughs> responded, not real, quote, homophobia doesn't count when you're black, you're racist for addressing this behavior in our company, and eventually, quote. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, affirmative action benefits package includes homophobia, I'm pretty sure. Right, yeah. That's why we're even with the black people now. That was all part of the the whole negotiation. What do you mean, we? I'm ahead. And they (laughs) killed six million of them, and they specifically didn't kill your ancestors, Eli. I think, I mean, I think they were saying something. All the surviving Jews should get over it. No illusions. (laughs) (laughs) This is someone's first episode. Statistically, there's someone who's like, I don't know. I guess I'll try an atheist podcast. <laughs> this I is actually. someone's last episode. <laughs> In the meantime, look out for this fall's new show, The Book of Kevin Swanson. It's going to be great. <laughs> you know what other cartoon characters are lesbians? <sighs> I'll tell you. And finally tonight, from the sexing appeal file. <laughs> Ray Comfort still hasn't learned his lesson about how banana always equals penis. <laughs> you Join show the club. people a banana, <laughs> they think of a dick. Mm-hmm. And if you hand us one, many of us like to mime dick-style motions <laughs> because that's funny. But uh, pretty much nobody looks at a banana and immediately decides that the universe was intelligently designed by an omnipotent ghost. Nonetheless, Comfort made a ridiculous video trying to make that last part happen. And now he's publishing a book about it called 
Banana Man, the true story of how a demeaning nickname opened amazing doors for the gospel. Yeah, that Cecil, he's knocking them out faster than you can read them. And by the way, opened amazing doors. Now it's about banana anal, bro. Well, that'd be the back door, but sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Is anyone else really, really sure he's going to come out in three years as Andy Kaufman and we're all going to look right? super stupid? <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, we fell for it, man. We fell for it. <laughs> okay, so... We even licked it. <laughs> so just in case anyone's not familiar with Ray Comfort's ar argument from Banana Penis, uh, I'll give a quick background. C Comfort's doing his TV show and trying to argue for intelligent design. So he takes out a soda can and explains how it was all planned out by an engineer. And then he decides at the last minute to add an extra segment using a banana to show, you know, God's design. And Kirk Cameron, his co-host at the time, hears this idea and immediately says, dude, uh, definitely don't do that. You're going to make it sound like a penis. <laughs> at which point, comfort went ahead and did exactly that. And, and not that this is in any need of refutation, but I want to point out that even if you set aside all the phallic stuff and... You set aside the fact that the modern banana was selectively bred from a small, nearly inedible plantain. Taking his argument seriously would mean that I could also disprove God with a coconut or a pineapple <laughs> or a Cadbury <laughs> egg. Anything. Yeah. I see, old boy. How about a thin candy shell filled with 14 loads of cum? The children will love it. See, okay, you're going to get more angry tweets about that joke than all the kid fucking wants. Yeah, strong stance against Eli Cadbury eggs are amazing. Oh, no, no they're British not. They're hate mail. Terrible. <laughs> Ridiculous oh, nonsense. Oh, no. Please don't say Yeah, okay. None of us like eggs full of cum. Whatever, tweet. yeah. <laughs> Whatever, assholes. I just all don't right. like chocolate eggs full of cum. <laughs> Racist. Send me your eggs full of cum. <laughs> right, so. Eli's, the whole thing started with a tragic experience at one of those little quarter clucker things, you know? <laughs> I think that, that new listener might be back on board. We might have gone full circle with it. Welcome back, the Ashley. <laughs> they got their hoop in a stick and they were like, I'm sorry, was that a quarter clucker joke? <laughs> Okay, guys, you just want a patron. Almost hung up. Right, so. here's, a, here's a few highlights from uh, Ray Comfort's banana segment. First, he shows us the banana and says, behold, the atheist's nightmares. <laughs> Which, to be fair, if he had just proceeded to insert it in himself while making hard eye contact with the camera, he would have been right. <laughs> For most of us, yeah. And uh, th then he points out that bananas are ridged for your pleasure. He really says that. <laughs> because you know how it's nice to have a pentagonal tube in your hand or shoved inside of you? Yeah, that was God. We're all welcome for and, that. And, and he points out that the banana has the same number of sides as we have fingers. How is that relevant, Ray? <laughs> how do you hold your bananas? It's like a yeah. shot put. Yeah, right? <laughs> And uh, continuing about the banana, Comfort says, notice it has a point at the top for ease of entry. I mean, this is an exact quote. This is exact quote. It's just the right shape for the human mouth. That's what he said. It's chewy, easy to digest, <laughs> and it's even curved towards the face to make the whole process so much easier. Okay. Now, I, I think we, we, we have to point out that when he says curved <laughs> towards your face... 
First of all, he's neglecting to point out that there are 359 <laughs> rotational degrees in which it curves away from your face, and that's only taking into account one spatial dimension. I mean, you turn it away, the bottom will start to go. But also, while he's saying that, he pauses to make the blowjob mouth, right? Just in case you couldn't get a good still shot of it, he actually pauses from his monologue to do glory hole Kirk, face. Kirk Cameron loses it, too. Just like, all right. You all got that? Need a couple more angles for Reddit? I'm here for you. <laughs> right. By the way, it's already curved towards your face is the new way I'm going to ask for head from now on. <laughs> Come on. Ease I thought you believed in evolution. <laughs> <laughs> Snapchat. <Right. laughs> and then uh, this, is, this is actually my favorite part. He says, if you go to the top of a banana, you'll find, as with the soda can makers who've placed a tab at the top so god has placed a tab at the top of the banana when you pull the tab the contents don't squirt in your face squirt in your face <laughs> were the words he chose words jesus you like that you like that yeah go on take the easy joke take it <laughs> Wait, and also not that it matters compared to the other crazy bullshit going on in this video but that's the wrong way to peel a banana so yes wrong. Yes. Exactly. About a crazy, like monkeys were like, no, this breaks the banana at it's, the top. Actually, I had to flip it over. I have, I, you have nothing to hold on to it yet. Come on, people. I want the banana to squirt in my face. This is bad. <laughs> I've been a naughty monkey. <laughs> <laughs> then you will love Cadbury eggs. <laughs> you just need a tab at the top. That's the only thing That's, missing. Yeah. Oh, they're missing. Well, uh, apparently... I've just described the inspiration for a work of literature. Yes. And uh, also a book by Ray Comfort. <laughs> if you pull the tab, okay. the banana pops. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently he took this amazing tale and combined it with individual responses to like everyone who ever said something mean to him in a comment section on a website. And obviously we want more books like this because that means more movies. So let's put 30 seconds on the clock. Ideas for more classic banana literature by Ray Comfort. Go. All right. Since that's too easy, I'm saying quote and title. Okay. So like, for example, life is worth living as long as there's a banana in you. And of course, that's from Banana Green Gables. Ooh, uh, <laughs> Banana Delights Not Me from Bananlet. <laughs> um, all right. How about uh, bananas were invented to cover the empty place where love should be. <laughs> and of course, of course that's, that's from uh, Banana Corinna. Yes. <laughs> you got it. No one gets it. All right. If a man's character is to be abused, there's nobody like a banana to do the business. That's bananity fair, of course. Bananity uh, fair. We can destroy what we have bitten, but we cannot unbite it. It's from a clockwork banana. Banana? <laughs> I thought you were going to say banana. All right. Uh, how about pentagonal peg round hole? Nothing beautiful without struggle. And that's Plato's banana. <laughs> banana yes, of course. The Greeks know what to do with it. All right, I got one more. I got one more. The distinguishing mark of man is the banana, the instrument with which he does all his mischief. Bananimal farm. Bananimal farm, yes. Let him think that I am so much more banana than I am, and I will be sold in a bunch. Okay. <laughs> the, the old banana in the banana sea. Banana in the sea. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> take it uh, home, Heath. Take it home. I got one more. I got one more. Uh, 
Just grab and start pulling. That's the art of the peel. <laughs> <laughs> Presidents are All right. Now that we can add most intellectual banana fucking jokes to our list of accolades, I think it's time to lock down the headlines with pride. Heath, Eli, thanks as always. I will. Eli, give me my goddamn short back. <laughs> we come wear back. these at my wedding day <laughs> when my wife divorces me for the things I say. And when we come back, we'll finally get caught up with some long overdue neathisms. Ladies and gentlemen, Puzzle in a Thunderstorm Entertainment, in conjunction with Glory Hole Studios, is proud to announce a brand new podcast. From the people that brought you god-awful movies, Skeptocrat, the Scathing Atheist, and Cognitive Dissonance, comes Citation Needed. In a world and a time when everybody thinks they're a fucking expert on something if they've skimmed a Wikipedia article about it, five podcasters said... Hey, I bet we could make some money off of that. So now, they'll join forces to feign expertise on a new subject every week as they ask, how many dick jokes could we possibly wring out of one Wikipedia article? But to form up as this Voltron of vulgarity, they need your help. So if you'd like to support Citation Needed and get early access to the show before it's released on iTunes, go to patreon.com slash citation pod and pledge your support today. And if you pledge early, you'll get exclusive access to five sample episodes we recorded while we were hammering out the format of the show. Those episodes won't be released to the public, and once the show launches, they won't be available to new patrons. So if you want those hours of bonus material, you must act quickly. Like a rabbit that's also a ninja. Or an illegal immigrant giving birth to an anchor baby. Citation needed. Because all that because shit eventually is public domain. Because Wikipedia keeps erasing my nothing in half the time for double the money. Coming soon to a podcatcher near you. We all have learned a lesson from letting Eli plan a road trip down to Reason Con in a giant fuck off van. So we'll save you all some trouble when you have to book a ride for a business trip. Here's a little tip just book it through upside. You can. Book everything, all your hotels and flights. They'll bundle them together so you're never paying twice. They'll save you lots of money, it isn't even funny. Go to Upside.com to get a better price. Book a trip now if you want to thrift hard. Because when you book a trip, you'll get an Amazon gift card. If you're traveling for business, it'll only take three minutes. Use Upside.com or we'll punch you in the nards. Check out what we've arranged for you. Use our code BIZTRIP, that's B-I-Z-T-R-I-P, and you're guaranteed to get at least a $200 Amazon gift card for your first trip. Save big on travel and get a big gift card. Upside.com. Minimum purchase required. See site for complete details. Upside.com. The best way to business travel. Use Upside.com or we'll punch you in the nards. At this point, it feels like we've made so many attempts to finish off Nephi, we're honorary brothers. But tonight, 
After an undeserved one-week delay, we dive back into America's wackiest holy book to finish off the book of Second Nephi with fervent hopes that it isn't just him reading us some other fucking holy book that we've already read before again. Magic 8-Ball plus 3D printer equals wooden submarine. Let's <laughs> go. Okay, so wooden submarine beats fan, but Indian baby crashes wooden submarine. I think we need a home game, guys. <laughs> I don't we, think that we do. We have a 3D printer. And, of course, joining us for this effort is the mostly recovered from Reason Con Lucinda Lusions. Lucinda, welcome back. Excedrin is currently a food group. It is, yeah. So, as you may recall, when we last left off with a Book of Mormon, it was padding its word count with wide margins and a lot of direct lifting from Isaiah. And we worked through all of that bullshit to finally get back to Nephi's intriguing commentary this week. So, Lucinda, why don't you start us off? Well, we actually start with Joey trying to untie the knot of nesting narrations that uh, he had going on there. And finally lands on Nephi telling us about what he thinks of what Jacob read of what Isaiah wrote. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the first thing he needs to clear up is that he didn't make his generations all Jewy, so they don't even know what the hell Isaiah's babbling about. Yeah, the quote is, I, Nephi, have not taught them many things concerning the manner of the Jews, for their works were works of darkness, and their doings were doings of abominations, end quote. <laughs> well, and this is clearly Joey's way of saying, so if it seems like this book was written by somebody who doesn't really get Isaiah, it's not that I don't understand. It's that I figure you, the reader, are too dumb to follow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It really opens the floodgates of Jew bashing right yeah. here, I guess. It's true. Not being able to read and Jew bashing do go hand in hand. Often they do, yeah. <laughs> well, in the U.S., yeah. But I'm pretty sure the German Nazis had a strong literacy rate. I mean, I'm just saying, let's be accurate about how smart the Nazis were. I'm not... Are you it's defending just, the Nazis right now? Feels it, like you're defending the Nazis. No, it's not that I, Nephi's doing that. It's hard to follow. I was speaking as but, Nephi. But, but Nephi was, never said anything like that. How does that make any sense? Moving on. Mm -hmm. I think we can move on. I think <laughs> Classical liberal. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, but can a person really brag about his own plainness? I, I, I mean, the person at the top of the fewest list kind of gets disqualified as soon as we make that list, doesn't he? <laughs> but the key here, as I read it anyway, is that Isaiah prophecy is like porn. You'll know it when you see it. Yeah. <laughs> or you don't want to get caught jerking off to it. <laughs> or Jews are severely underrepresented. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You are back to zero with Jews on this segment. <laughs> <laughs> also, economy of words, Nephi. The Jews have it coming. That is five words long. Could have knocked out a good four or five verses in this chapter with those five words. Yeah. Okay, well, Noah's being super anti-Semitic all of a sudden. Everyone <laughs> focus on Noah right now. Okay, now you're just brown-nosing. <laughs> I don't think he is. I don't know. And then he spends a couple verses retro-prophesying the Christian religion, a.k.a. the Jew and improved. See, now Lucinda's being anti-Semitic. Everyone should focus <laughs> on her. And I, I just want to point out how dead-hunt specific all his predictions about Jesus are. I only mention this because any other time you read prophecy in holy books, you've got like the corners of the earth shall shake and leaves shall fall from trees and a bunch of vague someday kind of stuff. But he's giving plain English explanations here, specific dates. It's just like, uh, and you were thinking of 
The Six of Diamonds. Of Diamonds, exactly. I'm Joseph Smith, the magician, everyone. Tip your service. <laughs> and I just want to point out that we were all there the first time anyone ever described Joseph Smith's writing as plain English. Uh, yes. <laughs> Sorry about that. We'll go yeah. back. Fix that in the edit. And now Tony. that Nephi is done predicting Christianity, it's time to predict that other great world religion of the future, Mormonism. Yeah, and this is uh, the the Indians have it coming portion of the chapter <laughs> now that we're done with the Jews. Control F pipeline. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Suze. <laughs> he even goes all Estes Perkle for a second here where he's talking about all the horrible shit God's going to do to the people that don't accept Christ's message. Apparently, he's going to either set mountains on top of them, drop buildings on them, or, quote, crush them to pieces and grind them to powder. <laughs> It's known as fee-fi-fo-fumology. I see. (laughs) And then after all the wicked, witch-esque, house-dropping stuff, he'll hit them with earthquakes and lightning. Yeah. Seems kind of like an odd choice in terms of sequence. Dad, I don't care now about the earthquakes. (laughs) And then God sings defying gravity while he tries to make that rock he can't lift. (laughs) Well, also, what does it mean to, quote, grind against the face of the poor? <laughs> he says that a few times here, and, and I feel like you guys already know what I'm picturing in my head. Yeah. Uh, trickle, down, trickle down economics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure, we can talk about it on Book of Mormon, but we can't videotape it and post it for patrons. Hypocrisy. <laughs> What is it? Those are those are Facebook different, right? has a policy now. I feel apparently, like those things are different. I um, see also patrons. <laughs> <laughs> he also comes out with a strong no priest stance, which seems odd until you consider he's probably just setting up to not pay people later. Right. Also, in verse thirty-two, chapter twenty-six, here he tries to name the Ten Commandments. He fucks the order all up and totally gives up after about five. Yeah, of them. he does. <laughs> And then just starts naming stuff from like other lists. He's like, yeah, don't murder, lie, steal, uh, envy, pride, wrath, uh, the pyramids, (laughs) fucking bashful, uh, the esophagus and the prostate. (laughs) And finally, after talking about how like the Cleveland mascot is cultural heritage, the Jews are going to get eaten by bears and that black people are lazy. He points out that. (laughs) We are all equal in the eyes of God, regardless of race or creed. And I'm like, dude, you should chat with God then. Does he know what you're writing? Right. (laughs) Exactly. God's watching it happen. What the fuck is he writing down there? That is not how I framed it. Somebody wake up Scalia. This is ridiculous. (laughs) And I just want to point out that, like, that verse is a pretty common white shirts apologetic. So if they just woke you up and are giving you this line, make them read earlier in the chapter. Yeah, and you'll yeah right, 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 exactly. There. The rest of the goddamn book. Yeah, move your eyes up a little. And apparently that's about all he can handle in terms of not copying off of Isaiah. So in chapter 27, he gets back to doing exactly that, but a little less explicitly. So yeah, he gives a little apocalypse fodder. Then he gets onto the really important thing that this book predicts, namely this book. <laughs> <laughs> and this book will say things like, and this book will say things like, and this book will say things. <laughs> in, in his notes, Heath has that in ever smaller font sizes, too. Um, and, and the retroactive excuses we start getting here are thick, right? In verse 10, he's all like, of course, God isn't going to give him the actual book with the gold plates and stuff on account of that being all sealed up. But God, but God will figure something out, I'm sure. <laughs> I feel like he also hints at a sequel, but I can't really be sure. Yeah. Yeah. That scene where Nephi gets lowered into lava with a thumbs up. I saw it. (laughs) (laughs) 
that his brothers dive in to stab him anyway <laughs> and freeze frame. <laughs> he also says, yeah. you know, that we will know that the Book of Mormon is legit because three people will witness the golden place and boy, won't those people be important and chosen by God. Keep in mind, he's dictating this part before he has the witnesses lined up, so he's clearly just doing his groundwork early. But also the fact that you can't see the gold plates is fine because three totally trustworthy dead guys will have seen them. Is that really the best God could come up with? No, it's just it's the best Joey ah. come up with. <laughs> the case for Joseph coming this fall. <laughs> <laughs> Starts with a plantation owner's wife saving Joe Smith's kid with the Heimlich. He's just like, <laughs> white women cult. Hold on. Yeah, right. This is perfect. <laughs> he also hints that there are secret chapters that Joey's not allowed to copy down, mm-hmm. which I'm sure was a setup for an it's in the extra chapters excuse when he wanted to do kinky shit or something. Right. Yeah. Oh, no, there's a whole chapter about butt stuff. Trust me. <laughs> Citation needed. Ah, shit. Dang. Weird place to plug our new show. Phrasing. <laughs> in the end notes. Yes. <laughs> God also gets all like bitchy hippie girlfriend here too when he's like, I know your lips are saying you love me, but your heart seems to be saying something totally different. God, don't do this. I want to come to Coachella with you and your friends. They just have work. <laughs> Never want to hang out with my friends. You're 22. And then of course, it's back to cribbing <laughs> off of Isaiah to finish the chapter off. Jesus Christ. <laughs> You're going to kill Heath one of these days and we're going to have to finish without him. We just have to prop him up like a weekend at Bernie's thing in the side of the fucking recording studio. just want you to know that. It'll be your fault. Oh, Jesus. Chapter 28. 28. All right. Then he tells you how totally wise and useful the book you're reading is. And then he warns you not to fall for all those wacky churches that start cropping up in the early 1800s. Yeah, the, the early 1800s, also known as the end times. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. I also love, okay, so he's listing all the various types of false churches that'll crop up in the end times. And, and in verse eight, he lays out the doctrine of our lady of just a little sin just to see how it feels. <laughs> I might get a church. And one of the examples is a church that says, you know, yeah, it's, it's okay to dig a pit and trap your neighbor in there. What? Just literally says yes, that. Uh-huh. <laughs> but just don't go overboard with the sin. Don't like wear his skin, but the pit is cool. Yeah, the lotion has to be for his benefit. <laughs> Finally, a church I'd feel welcome in. <laughs> Yeah, and also pretty sure this is where we get into the the Catholics have it coming portion of the book. I mean, to be fair, they were due. Like, the Jews have used only a tiny percentage of our gold to cover up rape, unless you count mouth stuff. And then nobody counts mouth (laughs) stuff, is what I'm saying. It's their turn. It's their turn. That's true. That's true. And and even if mouth stuff did count, it's not like they're using their gold to cover anything up. They're just openly giving herpes to babies. Yeah, right, right. Again, in fairness to the Jewish people, I just want to be clear. Yeah, no. Do I get my one back? I I feel like I get my one back. Plus one. Now you're back to zero. He's already back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Also, he really baits us here with a lot of talk about God's mouth and Nephi's seed (laughs) in the same sentence over and over. Like, make it tougher, Joey. We can take it. (laughs) And I think it actually says that God remembers that Come flavor of Nephi and Nephi's dad. Pretty sure it said that. And yes. I, don't, I don't I don't mean to brag, but if me and my dad got blown by God together, this seemed to be way more entertaining, just visually. <laughs> oh, you ever see a stroke victim's O face? Oh, that's, that's, yes, yes, I have. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we were telling had an him answer at the birthday. Birthday. <laughs> You guys. Me and Noah fucked your dad. <laughs> 
In my version, we just blew oh, him. Shit. See, there I was being Jewish about it. Mouth stuff doesn't count. <laughs> and to bolster his, you do too need more holy book argument. He says in verse four, basically, oh, you think your Jew book is enough? Your book full of Jew words from the Jews? Yeah. You really trust those shifty fuckers not to work in some stuff to fuck with the Gentiles? Right. Uh, Lucinda, I think you're just reading off Twitter. <laughs> Dude, who are you following on Twitter? Just right? stop. <laughs> like, play some hashtag game. At midnight, they're doing uh, bad book prequels. Somebody tweeted, Godot called and said we should hang out tonight. So fun. <laughs> so lighthearted. That does sound fun. Well, but what about getting corrected by people who educated themselves on YouTube? Doesn't that sound fun? <laughs> huh? And then we get the most controversial passage in the book. We're in chapter 30 here. Now, of course, we're all reading the post-1981 version. So the book promises the faithful that they'll become pure and delightsome if they're good Mormons. But for the first 150 years or so, that said white. The divine hunkification passage. That's it. Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. I think it's only fair if Ishmael became a Mormon for a week and we see how it works. <laughs> I'm a skeptic. <laughs> Well, he's got binders full of white women already. Well, on his way. <laughs> he told us that. Eli, you really need a second black person to reference. or you <laughs> Do it right now. Right Name a second this. black person that you know. <laughs> Eli. Toast. You <laughs> 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 would have said one by now if you had one. <laughs> it also says in verse nine that God will smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, mm. which suggests he's got a dick in there somewhere. Now, it doesn't say it's his dick. It could be his dad's, but it also doesn't <laughs> say it isn't. He's omnipotent. What the hell else would you do with omnipotence? Hit stuff, stuff with, with my, my dick. dick. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Eli. Gets it. Right? Gets it. This is also approximately the same time that lions and bears will return vegan. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think I speak for many people who know me when I say that we'll all have liked them better when they just mauled and murdered people. <laughs> <laughs> and also, here's something else it says in this holy book. Baby cows, baby lions, and baby bears are all going to fuck each other <laughs> under the direction of a baby human. Uh, says that in the book. Sexy uh, time. Heath, we need to amend our taxes just... Unrelated. Not sure why I said that just now. Moving on. <laughs> uh, what happened in verse 18, Noah? Yeah, so I am curious 18, about that. <laughs> he also assures us that after the apocalypse, all of this nonsensical rambling will start to make sense. Mm. Which is good because he just told us that the non-existent animal, the cockatrice, <laughs> a snake hatched from a hen's egg what? that kills what? people by looking at them, will become a great babysitter during the apocalypse. <laughs> so... Glad that'll start making sense. <laughs> yeah, right. Perfect. And then Nephi offers up his final prophecy. And he does so with the same plainness warning where he basically says, sure, I could speak all fancy and biblical like those other prophets, but I choose to sound like a nine-year-old with a learning disability. Right. Yeah, this whole chapter was, that last bit was pretty fucking fantastic, right? <laughs> right. And if I'm not mistaken, the whole point of this chapter is, Hey, guys, we're still doing the donkey water thing, in case you were curious. But again, he fucks up his chronology here because he's speaking as Nephi, talking to his disciples 500 years before Jesus. <laughs> and his opening is, now you're probably wondering why a dude as holy as Jesus had to get yeah, baptized. Yeah, had to. Right, and talks about it in the past tense throughout. Yes. Like, Joey is paying less attention to this book than me. Again. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. I've been reading from LDS.org, and their very own chapter intro says, Nephi tells why Christ was baptized about 559 to 545 before <laughs> Christ. I might as well say, wait, fuck, whatever. whatever. <laughs> Just keep moving sure. on. <laughs> and then Nephi tells us, when in doubt, trust the voices in your head. That's I it. will be right back. No. 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 Fine. Fine. Wendy from Wendy's, you live another day. I don't get this. Why would anything magical happen if you force her to eat McDonald's? That doesn't That's make any because sense. you can't hear them. That's why. <laughs> why you don't understand. They told me. And I have to say, the whole thing sounds like an elaborate blame-shifting strategy here. He's basically saying, oh, and if you fuck this up, it's on you, not me. You must have just been talking to the Holy Ghost wrong or something. Right, and, and then he's all like, Oh, and let me tell you the most important secrets of the universe that only the creator of the... U oh, oh, hold on a second. God's telling me just to stop there. <laughs> yes. Sorry, guys. Sorry, I was just about to drop all of that. Next millennium, maybe. We'll get around to it. Last few words on the gold plate start getting smaller and angling down. <laughs> yeah, right. Shit. There is no paragraph in this book so far that so clearly says this hat is starting to smell bad. <laughs> <laughs> And then we finally reach the last chapter of Nephi's ramblings in which he explains that the real key to getting into heaven is being a Mormon. Yep. Who'd have guessed? So shocking. Yeah, yeah, right. He also opens up with an apology for being such a shitty writer. That was yeah. nice. He's like, I'm much better when I'm talking. Mm -hmm. Keep in mind, he was dictating this. <laughs> right. It's, it's cold in here. Give me a It's angled weird. <laughs> I was in the pool. This is a big also, Coke can. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> also, if you pick on Joseph Smith and his awesome book, it can only be because you're the devil. So that'll explain why my podiatrist said I had thrush. Uh, that sounds more like a Thomas Smith problem, right? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> he also does some weird attempt at conflation where he says, and if you believe in Christ, you just kind of have to naturally believe all the crap in this book, too, as, as if that were a logical imperative. Yeah. Sorry, Joey. Humans can definitely be selectively full of shit. Yeah. I know that fucks up the business model and all, but it's a fucking fact. I mean, it fucks up my business model, to be fair. <laughs> Why would Wendy shit out a clown? That makes no sense. Are we doing this or not? Is this a testable experiment? She's an <laughs> woman. She's not that strong. It's no, it's yes. It's no, it's yes. It's Andrew hangs up. It's everyone's crying. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we're going to close this book up for a couple of weeks. And when we return to it, assuming... There are no legal pending legal cases that take Eli off the air. Uh, we won't be doing Nephi anymore, but we will be reading Jacob. And the last time he had the mic, he just used it to read an Isaiah phone book to yeah. us. So I'm not sure I'm hoping for a big upswing in terms of interesting, but that's what we're doing. Boy, do you know how to sell a podcast? <laughs> right? I'm a technically a pro in everything. So we'll be back to the Book of Morons in three weeks. And between now and then, everything else we do will be more enjoyable. Before we crawl back into the coffins tonight, I want to let you know you'll be able to catch me on the next episode of the Thinking Atheist podcast. So if you'd like to hear me get out sexy voiced by an absolute master, be on the lookout for that episode on Tuesday morning. Obviously, we'll have it linked on social media as soon as it's available. Anyway, that's all the blast me we've got for you tonight. But we'll be back in 10,022 minutes with more. If you can't wait that long, be on the lookout for a brand new episode of our sister show, The Skeptocrat, debuting on Monday, two days after Trump's first 100 days expire. Wonder what we'll talk about. And a brand or newer episode of our sister show's hot friend, God Awful Movies, debuting 24 
24 hours later. Now, normally I would use this spot to thank Heath, Eli, and Lucinda and all the new patrons this week. And if you are a new patron, I promise to doubly compliment your genitals next week. But after the amazing time we had at ReasonCon, I wanted to squeeze as many of these in as I possibly could. So, huge thanks to... Gene Elliott, the Hickory Humanist, Bobby, Ashley, Deb, Vinny, Sherry, Amy, Marissa, Aiden, Andrew, Thomas, Cecil, Tom, Bill, Susie, Sean, Lydia, Haley, Chris, Jonathan, Amy, Zach, Emily, Callie, Celeste, Matt, Shelley, Logan, Love, Garrett, Robin, Dave, Tim, Adam, Other, Tom, Shujin, Tiny, Shane, Bryce, Johnny, Daniel, Zandy, Mark, Shannon, Alex, Mel, Katie, Becky, Bob, Renee, Alice, Louie, Ari, Jeremiah, Jenna, Jonathan, Deborah, Other, Jeremiah, and the literally hundreds of other people I couldn't fit into a single breath for making it such a great weekend for all of us. Also, standalone separate thanks to Stapesboro's very own Craig for providing this week's Farnsworth quote. Also, of course, if you have money that you'd rather we had, you can give it to us at patreon.com slash atheist. Legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of P. Andrew Torres and our audio engineers, Morgan Clark, who also wrote all the music that was used in this episode, which was used with permission. If you have questions, comments, or death threats, you'll find all the contact info on the contact page at scathingatheist.com. Wait, I thought I had a joke. <laughs> I was wondering if there was something that was going to come out in the end. It was said then. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved.